the Thundermen race to stop the machinations of the gods. But first, they have to make it past an army of demons and settle some unfinished business. Luckily, they have help. A lot of help. A paradox is solved, a wrong is righted, a resignation is accepted. It is the beginning of the end. We listen to episode 37 of Taz Graduation, so you know what that means. It's time for Talking Taz. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Talking Taz, your weekly journey through the worlds of the Adventure Zone graduation. With you, as always, is me, your host and producer, PJ, and with me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Lauren. Hello. Lauren, we're at the penultimate episode. What did you think? I really liked it. I It had some really good beats and very, very creative combat. Yeah, this was good, and I just can't believe that next next episode is over. It's going to be over. I don't... Oh, God. It's already here. I'm sweating. Yeah. But let's not dwell too much on what's coming next week. Let's worry about what we got this week. Let's jump right into it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the members of the Unbroken Chain meet the boys on the balcony, and they're silenced as the Commodore rips through the magical barrier around the school. How many people are like on this balcony now a bunch but we've established many times that this balcony is way bigger than anyone can anticipate because there have been meetings of the entire unbroken chain here many times that's true this is a very strong balcony it's a huge balcony (laughs) rainier enters the room and is excited to see the boys and they start to formulate a plan and i was kind of like gordy asked you to touch base with rainier before you got into school yeah the fact that you didn't just why is she just here now (laughs) right he literally was like please make sure that she's okay and the boys went all right and just went straight past the front entrance up to the balcony i will say like rainier's personality is so weird this episode i think travis forgot how to play rainier do you think she why she's just this isn't rainier's usual personality where she's like bubbly and yeah no it's very it's very just different it doesn't it wasn't her voice and it wasn't her personality Mm. it felt very shoehorned in in a weird way oh but maybe he was just ready to be rainier two weeks ago when they recorded and then they didn't talk to Rainier and then he was like Rainier's here hi I'm Rainier that's not Rainier's voice (laughs) (laughs) but that's neither here nor there yeah she's back she's here she kind of asks for a lot of clarifying questions they explain everything and they start to formulate a plan Mm -hmm. so all of Goodcastle's army has now arrived close to 5,000 knights And Fitzroy summons Hawk Squire Leon to deliver the message to both Gordy and the floating room of Goodcastle to get a move on and join the fight. That's why it isn't known. It's the floating realm. And like I told you, it's a sovereign nation because it's in the skies. It's in the skies. They can do whatever it wants. Isn't there a, a Miyazaki film? Castle in the Sky? There is a Miyazaki. I'm pretty sure Castle in the Sky is a Miyazaki film. I have seen... Not all of Miyazaki's films, but some of them. I do remember seeing that one, and I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I haven't seen that one. It's good. I am. All, I also like Howl. I mean, I know everyone likes Howl's Moving Castle, right? Of course. I mean, I love that. I love Howl's Moving Castle. It's so good. It's like next level good. Princess Mononoke is great. My favorite is either Howl's Moving Castle or Kiki's Delivery Service. No, Spirited Away. Either either Howl's or, or Spirited. I have seen Spirited. I have not seen Kiki's Delivery Service. Kiki's is great, but it's more slice of life. I mean, they're all slice of life, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, Spirited and Howl's have much bigger things going on. Yeah, no, those are much more 
epic mm-hmm. for sure. Highly recommend. And I'll probably watch Castle in the Sky at some point. Well, it's good Castle in the Sky. So Yes, exactly. Yeah. There's an aside between Festo and Master Fearbog where we do confirm that Festo is the strongest magic caster like in this group. In the whole group, including Grey and Higglemas, which is like Well, you know what? I'm not even surprised. Like this is this is straight up they're Kingdom Hearts threeing it. Kingdom Hearts three. In what way? In Kingdom Hearts 3, it is well established canonically. Donald Duck is the one of the two, one of the, if not the strongest spellcasters in the Final Fantasy Disney canon. Wow. He is stronger than Donald. any Final Fantasy spellcaster and stronger than any Disney spellcaster. Because at one point in the final fight before time rewrites itself, he casts Zeta Flare, which is the strongest fire spell in all of Kingdom in all of Final Fantasy. Oof. The crazy thing about it is, like, so Flare is, like, a huge, super strong spell. Like, only, like, your strongest party members can use it. Mm-hmm. Then there's Mega Flare, which is, like, the enemy Bahamut. It's his signature attack. He's the okay. Lord of Dragons, just yeah. kind of in D&D. And he's super powerful. And then there's Terra Flare, which is only exclusive to Bahamut. Like, no one else but Bahamut can use Terra Flare. Okay. And it's only seen, like, in the series, like, once or twice. And it can do so much damage, it will literally kill you immediately if you cast it. And it is literally only done, been used once. And it was literally done to shut, like, to, to shut down a world. Like, it literally ended a world. Oof. Zeta Flare is a level above that. <gasps> and that is what Donald Duck casts. <laughs> oh, my God, Donald! I'm so proud of Donald. Donald Font. Bahamut has used Zeta Flare once, I believe, and a character from I think Bravely Default has used it once. But like, it is that's how powerful Donald Duck is as a spellcaster. That's Festo. <laughs> Would you say Festo was on Donald's level or above Donald? Probably. Level? You know, we'll see. I don't know. Donald is pretty strong. <laughs> Donald Fauntleroy Duck. Donald Fauntleroy Duck. That's his full name. Actually, I think the character from Bravely Default that uses it is also a fairy. So maybe this is where we find out that the fairy from Bravely Default is also Festo. I mean, I think <gasps> their name's like Aerie, but you know, maybe this is where we get the crossover where this is actually all in the Final Fantasy universe, which honestly wouldn't even be that much of a stretch. It sounds like it would fit in perfectly. That said, my nerdy corner aside, <laughs> <laughs> me being a nerd on a nerd podcast aside. <laughs> Especially Fearbulk's like, you're a strong spellcaster. I traveled back in time to send myself a message and Festival's like, not possible. And he's like, but it happened. And everyone's like, this is a Fearbulk. He can't lie. And Festival's like, well, if that's the case, a lot of stuff is going wrong. A lot of stuff is going very poorly. And if that happens again, let me know. (laughs) Yeah, it was very much like, oh, that super sucks. Things are looking even worse. Yeah. Tell me if it happens again. (laughs) (laughs) Argo studies the Commodore, who is now overflowing with chaos magic. Oof. Heading down to the battle, Fitzroy informs Reginald that he will have to give his resignation in from being a knight of Goodcastle. Reginald doesn't understand because he's like, no one's ever given up being a knight. And he's like, well, I kind of feel like I was never a knight of Goodcastle. Yeah, to begin with. And I just feel like I'm not as invested in this as the men are. and I don't want to be the one in charge of them because that's unfair to them. Ugh, he's grown so much. And the right call. And, you know, good old Reggie is like, all right, fine. I'll accept your resignation tomorrow and I'll take over command today. Because, you know, essentially that way he could still provide him good castle as resource. Exactly. I love that Reggie was like, all right, well, guess we're out of here then (laughs) because bye. (laughs) You're not one of us. 
Exactly. So, you know, it works out, and Fitzroy announces that he no longer has to go by Sir, and he's no longer a knight, so he is no longer Sir Fitzroy Mablecourt, knight of the century for the realm of good castle. He is just good old, good old Fitzroy Mablecourt. I almost good said old. Sir again, because I'm just so used to it. So used to it, but he's just good old Fitzroy. Good old Fitzy. <laughs> no, no, no. Only Reggie can call him that, and that's because they had that conversation about it. Good old Fitzy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hagemus <laughs> says that he and Festo will buy them some time, casting a spell to bring the Garys to life and take to the skies. And I was like, which one of them is Cool Gary? Is Cool Gary going to help out in the final fight? He better. I'm looking for Cool Gary. And I love this. This is a smart move and totally something that would happen. Like, it's very Hogwarts awakening the night statues. Yes, I thought the same thing. I was like, this is very Hogwarts. Yeah, being like, oh, yeah, these things that are part of the architecture, totally guardians. Let's go. Let's go. The Thundermen, the Zorin, Althea, and Grey begin to run towards the oncoming demon horde. They have to move the length of two to three football fields. I'm so glad he finally gave football fields. Like I said, Americans (laughs) only measure things in football fields and toasters. all football fields and like washing machines or some weird <laughs> metric we're oh all so God. bad like honestly we might as well switch to the metric system because we barely use <laughs> we barely use the, the system we have as is that's because nothing else makes sense master fearable casts pass without trace super oh, smartly i'm so proud and of they him. make it past a group of Aaron yeses but not past a group of pit fiends i had a question because travis said they have true sight i mean i know that they do right and he's like that's how they see you i'm like okay but pass without trace isn't based on vision specifically it just gives them a bonus to their dexterity and to their stealth so would you also have had like the pit fiends or like they can see through the spell or is it no it's just a much much higher dc it should essentially just function as a higher dc it doesn't matter if you have true sight if i'm good at hiding right right because this isn't something where they like turn invisible I think the way that Travis is thinking about it is like, well, because essentially like the wording of Fast Without a Trace is like, you're embroiled in shadow and you like sneak through the world. But that's not necessarily like what it actually does mechanically, right? Like what Mm -hmm. it does is it makes it so that, you know, it doesn't remove the need to hide or anything. No. You could hide a lot easier because you're essentially embroiled in shadow. Yeah. But like you aren't invisible you're not like i think yeah. that's how travis is seeing it it's like wow i'm invisible i get to just move through here and then he's like nope they could see through invisibility granted i will give him this they were like we cast pass without trace so we're just gonna move through here they didn't say like we're gonna cast pass without trace and like we want to be stealthy as we're moving through here i think they kind of were also being like we're past without trace so like we're safe mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. travis was like well you're not but i yeah. do think Maybe there should have been a stealth check roll and just made the DC pretty high because of the true sight so they can kind of see through the shadow. But that's neither here nor there. I think they both made the wrong call. I agree. I even would have accepted like because the pit fiends do have true sight, you even have to roll stealth at disadvantage because they see this like weird cloud or something. Like I would have accepted anything, but he treated it like invisibility. And I'm like, no, no. And I think it's, but I think it's also on the boys for not saying that they were going to stealth through. It's not implied because you're past without a tracing. Exactly. It's just, I'm assisting us in getting to our location stealthily, but we still have to be stealthy about it. Exactly. Yeah. 
it is the ruling of the Honorable D&D Judge PJ that both parties are at fault and shall have to suffer restitution of listening to our podcast and talking about it at some point. Oh, no. You're going to make them do that? Yeah. Wow, that's a really, really harsh sentence. I know. I'm really sorry. But, you know, punishments (laughs) have to exist. Otherwise, people don't care. Yeah, actions have to have consequences. But as the pit fiends do see them, and they're, you know, being like, rah, 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 we're pit fiends, we're going to fight you. (laughs) A raging form the size of a barn slams into the pit fiends, and the guardian of the forest has joined the fight, and he looks (gasps) weird. He looks really weird. (laughs) Super weird. Like, to the extent that even the boys are like, yeah, we're not really looking at him. Yeah. Travis is like, you know, he's super weird to look at. And all of them are like, oh, no, I'm not looking directly yeah. at him. <laughs> but the Guardian is so glad to see the fear bulk. And he says the tapestry of existence may be destroyed, unfortunately. That yikes. It's like such a weird, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. Yeah, and they're kind of like, okay, thanks. Uh, we're going to go now and just like avoid eye contact the entire time. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I felt so bad, though, because I was like, but this is why I never wanted to come out because people judged him. Stop being mean. <laughs> this is like when Quasimodo came out of the bell exactly. tower and everyone was mean to him. Well, at first they were like, aha, the fool. What a great mask. And they were like, that's not, that's no mask. That's, that's an ago. face. <laughs> throw potatoes and tomatoes at him until a really hot girl is like no no hell yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh so they move forward and gray instructs everyone that once they get to his dimension they'll be safe so they run to the location and are about to have the zorn try to break through but before they can the commodore arrives (gasps) the commodore says that gray chucked him aside once he wasn't useful and he sends a blast of energy out splitting the group in half the zorn starts digging gray closely following and althea checks with the boys but follows gray and the Zorn into his dimension as the Thundermen roll initiative. Oh my god, here we go. When I first listened to this, I was so hoping that Argo would get the killing blow because he and the Commodore have had this fight going this entire time. And Argo's had this beef with the Commodore, and I was like, he better, he better be the one that kills him. And he is. So, like, thank God. Look, this is advice I give to all DD players and DMs. Let the person you want to have the killing blow have the killing blow. You can do whatever you want. But you know what I love when people do? And this is something that you could do at home. (laughs) Let's say your whole party is fighting this lichen, right? This lichen killed your cleric's mom. And so he wants a killing blow. And you, the fighter, do like 48 damage and the guy has like 30 HP left. Mm -hmm. What you could do is, A, you could either say this is non-lethal damage. Mm -hmm. And it'll knock him down. Then the cleric still gets to get the killing blow. Or, what I invite you to do as a DM, if it is an important fight, end the fight with a sentence. How do you want to do this? Always a fun little sentence. And you, as the player, you say, you know, I've raised my greatsword, and as I am about to bell it down on this lichen, I turn to my cleric and I say, this is your job to finish. And then, you know, you can let the story flow through that way. Essentially, Mm -hmm. mechanically, the character's already dead. Tell the story how you want to tell the story. Don't let the mechanics ruin the storytelling. No, absolutely And let D&D be fun. Yeah, it makes it so much more fun when... The mechanics have worked out in your favor, and then you get to decide how it looks. Exactly. So Mm -hmm. that's my advice to you listeners at home. This has been talking to... No. (laughs) All right. This is the end of the episode. We hope you had a good time. We'll be next week with the (laughs) finale. No. I was going to say, this has been Dungeons and Dragons tips with PJ. (laughs) You already have too many podcasts, but I'd listen to that. Uh, It's basically what this is half the time. (laughs) 
So Fitzroy is up first, and he casts Storm Sphere and uses meta magic so the Thunderman won't be affected. Unfortunately, the nice. Commodore is straight up nat 20s to save. Cool. But the great thing about Storm Sphere is that in addition to the sphere damage, you get a bonus action. Uh, not even a bonus action. You get a continuous lightning bolt every round that it is active. And thank God those, at least this one And hits. that is an attack roll, not a save. So it does hit the Commodore. Because he's in the Storm Sphere, Fitzroy gets advantage on those rolls too, which mm-hmm. is super nice. Uh, the Commodore casts Fear of Water around Fitzroy's head, trying to get him to drown. And mm-hmm. Fitzroy pretends like he's drowning, but he's not because part of his storm soul as a storm sorcerer is that he can breathe underwater. Whoop, whoop. And the Commodore is driven, uh, you know, mad by this. Yeah, because he has that whole thing where he wants to win and he wants to be the one, like the big... As opposed to that thing where he wants to lose. I mean, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Travis mentioned that too early on. He's like, does anyone go into a fight not wanting to win? Exactly. But the Commodore has like this thing where he needs to be the one that has all of the glory and, you know, the killing blows essentially. And so the fact that this doesn't work, that's something they could use for later. For sure. I mean, yeah. They don't need to. They don't, but... but uh, God, Okay. Oh, I have already yelled, but I'm going to keep yelling. Argo's up next. Okay. Uh, and he uses a sneak attack, and Clint does not know how his rigged audacity works. Still, still. Because still. they, again, he can sneak attack literally every time he attacks him because he doesn't have yes. allies nearby. Yes. And he keeps trying to distract him and being like, well, he's engaged. He's not distracted, so I can't sneak attack or whatever. Weird fake justification he's giving himself to not be badass. Yes. I was like, Clint, Clint. And he you misses have anyways. He does. Uh, and then so he sad. dashes up to him. I I don't know, dashing up to him, I was like, what the heck? You could have done so many other options. Well, why I mean why are you upset about him dashing up to him? Because they were only six feet apart. Oh, I think he means dash in a like just a colloquial term. Oh, he didn't like bonus action dash. No, I think he said that like a like fun I'm okay. dashing up to him and doing my thing. I thought he had been like, as my bonus action, I dash up to him. I was like, you can just straight up take a step and you are in his sphere. I don't think he knows enough about his abilities to even do that. Oh, God, that's true. But yeah, so he still doesn't understand Ricochet Audacity and he doesn't understand his abilities that well. Tragic. A lot's going wrong here for my heart. Because he was doing so, he is still doing so well at understanding his stuff. But again, I think he's just been told that's not how it works for so long that he stopped caring. Or he stopped reading. Yeah. Because well, just... in general, I just, I feel like there was enough times that Travis was like, that's not how sneak attack works. And he was like, okay, I guess I don't get it. Yeah. I just, unless I yell it, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. So <laughs> we move on to Master Fearbog, who calls mm-hmm. lightning, uh, but the Commodore succeeds on his saving throw. Ugh. So he only takes half damage, but you know what? Uh, half is something. Uh, any damage is good to inflict. You don't ever want to go around without inflicting damage. It happens. They yeah. suck the most, but. A little damage is better than no damage. Fitzroy casts Hates on Argo, which is a Ugh. genius move if Argo yes. knew what he was doing. I don't want to talk about that. I do have a gripe, technically. Mm-hmm. Technically speaking, Haste is a concentration spell. Is Storm Sphere also a concentration spell? I'm I think it pretty is. pretty sure it is. Let me, let me do a, a quickie search. Uh, it is not a concentration spell. Okay. You cast okay. it, and then it is just uh, up for a minute. Okay, perfect. I was like, wait a second, wait a second. Because, yeah, no, haste is concentration. So he's fine then. We're good. 
Never mind. I have yeah, no gripe. So he's good. Uh, but I agree. I would have probably, as a DM, assumed it was and asked the same question. So that is understandable confusion. Because yep. you think, like, he's probably maintaining this fear, but he just kind of casts it and then it sticks around until it dissipates. So cool. And another bolt of lightning streaked towards the Commodore and it hits. Good. The Commodore then casts a spell that hits the fear bulb and deafens him. What was it? Uh, no, they never specified. Oh, Travis so is weird. very. I feel like I remember that, but I, yeah. Travis has done this before where he's just like, I think he did this with Rainier when they were fighting off the hellhounds where he's like, Rainier does this. You see this happen and then this happens to the dogs. And I'm like, okay, well, I but think like, it's probably a storytelling thing, right? Where he's like, you don't know what your enemy's doing. Like if I was a magic user and I suddenly reached my hand out and then you started vomiting blood, you would like, I wouldn't be like, I'm not a Pokemon. Like I'm not like... <laughs> You know, like, I'm You're not, not like, enervation, enervation, like, you know, like, he's not, he doesn't have to say the name, like, I'm not, you know, it's not a Naruto move where they have to be like, fireball jutsu, like, they're just doing it. So to you, as the person experiencing it, like, you're not going to be like, oh, my God, he's casting this, like, you're just like, he put out his hand, and then I couldn't hear anymore. That's true. No, it does make sense. For it makes more sense on a storytelling, storytelling. level. Yes, but and for me, we as a listener like, can kind of po- speculate and justify it. I guess I don't super mind, but I do wish like you would just say what it is. I just I just want to know what spell it is because I exactly. this is another way that I learn what spells do what. But we'll never know. Uh, but the fear bulb uses his pocket watch of second chances so that he's not <clears> deafened, <throat> but or at least gets a chance to try to do that because he fails worse the second time. I was so sad. I was like, there are other instances where I feel like it would have been literally about to go into the final fight against chaos and order. Exactly. Oh, I mean, obviously, by the end of this episode, we know it's just order. But like, what is wrong with you? I know. I was like, clearly, this is not the big, big bad. Why are you using your pocket watch of second chances that only gets one charge to reroll a saving throw now? When you're just deafened. Yes, it sucks that you're deafened. That can easily be cured after this is over, which it almost is. Every time we move back to Argos, I'm just going to scrave into the microphone. And you can assume I'm just mad <laughs> because Argo, again, just not understanding how ricochet acidity works, which again, for our listeners that don't know, just literally means if there's no one around them, you can sneak attack them because you're just that bold. They're not mm-hmm. expecting you to do it, right? Mm-hmm. But he doesn't understand this. He walks up, uses the hummingbird as one of his two actions. Which is so And then so uses his second action to two-weapon attack him, which is a smart move. Luckily, he gives him advantage on this. And mm-hmm. though, because he's distracted, rakish audacity and advantaged... This should be a sneak attack by all intents and purposes. There's yes. three, ver- like, there's like four different versions of a reality where you have sneak attack. And he has three of those four, and he does not sneak attack. He does not. He could have ended this right now. Seriously. Like, it's if- insane how much he's not comprehending these rules right now. Ugh, I am so, uh, so yeah, sad. Argo could have been so We cool. don't need to get into this all day because we will. But he still gets two attacks. And does two solid strikes on mm-hmm. the Commodore. Master Fearbug is up next and Wild Chips into a giant octopus named Kegel. And so proud of we're going to see so much badass moves from Kegel. Actually, we're not. Nothing we happens. We don't. It's not like Dupree. God, Dupree was so cool. Well, I think we almost had a Dupree moment, right? Like, this could have been a badass Dupree moment. But we don't even get to his turn again before the fight is over. We don't. It's so sad. It could have been a Dupree movement. Hello everyone, 
It's me, PJ, your host, producer, and friend. Here's always to thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you're enjoying the episode. Keep up with all new episodes by following us on social media. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Talkin' Taz. On Facebook, you can also find the official Talkin' Taz group, where you can interact with us as well as other fans of the podcast. Or go to our website, talkin-taz.pinecast.co, for links to those socials as well as all of our episodes. Links to all of that can be found in the show notes. If you're enjoying the show, tell your friends about it and leave a review on iTunes. It really does help. Thanks for tuning in. Now, back to the podcast. But we're back at the top with Fitzroy, who drops his concentration on the Storm Sphere, but it's not a concentration spell. It's not. We just established that. So technically... I mean, uh, clearly they thought the same thing you did. <laughs> they did, which means Griffin cast two concentration spells at once, which is a no-no. But, but he did it, so it's a yes-yes. <laughs> so it's totally fine. <laughs> but he activates his rage, which does drop the haste, at least. It would drop the haste, uh, yes. And attacks the Commodore with his maul as a bolt of lightning streaks from him as he advances. Oh, the Commodore so cool. is blasted up into the air, full on, and he goes full on fighting game juggle, where he hits him again into the air, and then volleyball spikes him straight down into the ground. What Ugh. a badass move. So, so cool. And he's so broken by Fitzroy's turn that the Commodore foregoes his, saying mm-hmm. that this wasn't the way it was supposed to go, and that they, aka Cast and Order, had promised that he was supposed to win. Argo is up next. And he goes up to him and he's just like, look, I don't care about chaos. I don't care about order. I care about killing you. I'm a vindictive asshole. All I care about is killing you for killing my mom. And then the Commodore is like, I will not be killed by a keen as Argo buries Florence into his heart, killing him. So good. So good. I We had a few moments like this in our final series of fights where like i had urky when he killed it when he killed his guy say like because you know urky is a gnome and his uh, enemy was a druidic goliath and he was like you always thought you were so much better than me because you were so much bigger than me but after you're dead and buried i'll at least be six feet taller than you that was that was such a cool line that i mean urky's better than all of us so i was so there was such a cool moment and this was a cool moment for argo and like gotta you gotta plan out your killing words literally i do that whenever i play a character like i have their dying words written out and i have their killing blow against the big bad words written out because you gotta be ready to be cool i guess i gotta get ready that's assuming i'm gonna survive i had final like dying words for beziel for indra for esmodriel every one of them they were at the very front of their character notebooks. What are their dying words? And they would change, right, as, like, the character grew. Mm-hmm. And I had, if they get the killing blow on their big bad, on their bad person, or on the story big bad, what is their, like, final word going to be? Yeah. What were, their, what were their dying words? Oh, I don't remember any of them. If I find uh, the notebooks, I can let you know. I do want to know. I'm curious. They're somewhere in storage. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you always got to plan to be we... badass in D&D. If you're not planning to be badass, why are you even playing? Oh, I don't know why I'm playing. I I'm to totally hang out kidding. With you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but you can hang out with us and be cool. So. <laughs> oh, I don't think that's possible. But see, like you can't be cool in real life. So just be cool in D and D. I'm trying to be. God, it's not working out very well. <laughs> Argo thanks the other two for giving him this moment to avenge his mother, hmm. and the fearful hands Argo the deed to the Mariah, which he looted from the Commodore's corpse, which they acknowledge they never really loot corpses. 
But they I'm like, you all that. losers who loot every corpse you come across. That's all we do. They all kind of joke about like, all right, now it's time to avenge my parents' death. But, no, you know, they're, they're <laughs> fine. After fighting against the Commodore, though, Fitzroy feels different than he did when he had been using chaos magic. He's finally letting go and leaning into his magic and his abilities, which is what Chaos always wanted, but now it's with his own power. Alternatively, he does also look at the Commodore and his magic, and he realizes this isn't chaos magic. It's entropy magic. Entropy isn't that when it's essentially what we talked about before with time travel, where once something's moving forward, like it keeps moving forward. Essentially, entropy is a lack of predictability. It's almost like chaos as it's occurring, right? So chaos is like... The best way to put it, it's almost like chaos is the fire, entropy is the spark. Mm. Entropy is a gradual decline into chaos or disorder. Or in science, there is like the theory that entropy will always increase throughout time. You can't stop entropy. It is it is essentially the force that drives chaos. So it's essentially more powerful. If you you could argue, it's more powerful than chaos. Okay. Okay. It is order becoming chaos. That is what entropy is. Got it. Got it. Well, then that makes perfect sense for this moment. It does. Um. So yeah. So he was controlling entropy magic. Uh. But you know, Fitzroy doesn't need none of that mess. He's got his own magic. Got his own magic from in. It was inside him all along. It was inside him all along. He had to just. <laughs> he just had to dance with and like you know himself. merge he had to know himself to to, biblically he had to gross he just had to go to a festo party there ain't no party like a festo party because at a festo party you learn the true meaning of your own magic and self-worth <laughs> that's on our merch as well <laughs> uh so the boys after this triumphant very good fight super yes. badass moments they head so down good. to the cavern to follow the zorn great and althea and instead they see order standing in the cavern and they're like hmm there's no way that this makes sense contextually where is everyone else and Mm -hmm. griffin's almost kind of like oh i'm sorry did i mess up your storytelling because he catches that and he's like no 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 that's what's weird (laughs) (laughs) travis is like no 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 that's right (laughs) no i'm this is on purpose (laughs) uh they advance towards order triggering a trap althea the zorn and gray are already all pinned to the wall stone growing around them as stone begins to grow around boys and pins them down <gasps> chaos steps Ugh. up apologizes saying they can't have the boys in their way with the alignment almost complete and then they'll be able to fix things mm. master fearbulg latches onto the phrase fix things and he indicates that from this that chaos genuinely believes they're fixing everything which we already know mm-hmm. so he says what chaos is about to do will not work He's like, your plan is not going to fix things. And Chaos is like, of course it will. Order said it would. And -hmm. after some back and forth, they kind of convince him to question this. And then Chaos and Order kind of go back and forth until Order is like, yes, okay, fine. He's right. Like, time is broken. This, everything's going to break. And this this plan, it'll probably destroy not just this realm, but this reality. But another will come up in its place. And Chaos is like, no, that's not what we agreed on. That's not how this is supposed to work. Mm-hmm. And orders mm-hmm. like shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. You're not even fully realizing this reality. Uh, okay. And chaos goes to throw himself at order, and order just kind of casually knocks him back, throws him across the room. Uh, and as he wakes up, he's like, "What happened?" And they're like, "Um, order just like knocked you the hell out." And he's yeah. like, "Order did <laughs> my uh, big yes. bro." Yes, your big bro. Do you think any of the others could have done it? And then order uh, is like, "Just so I can make sure you're." you don't stand in my way he summons three dragons and a thousand hellhounds uh to walk through the portal oh my god as chaos comes to and he confirms that yeah order is responsible for this 
he just kind of sees the situation around him. You know, there's infinite enemies in front of them. His older, more powerful, you know, god brother is mm-hmm. set to destroy reality. And that's not what Chaos wants. Chaos no. genuinely wants reality to go into its balances and its phases and through its ages, right? But he was just here to usher in the Renaissance. He was not here to usher in the apocalypse. (laughs) Exactly. He didn't sign up for this. You know, like, sure, he was ready to go into the Dark Ages, but he was not ready to go into the end times. And (gasps) Oh, my God. All of these metaphors are like chef's kiss. (laughs) (laughs) And he looks at the situation and he looks at Fitzroy and he says, I think it's time I invested in Thunderman LLC. Ah! And his energy rips from him their boys begin to break for their bonds chaos's magic ripples into them and argo feels the energy this god level energy enter him and he becomes acutely aware of all the water surrounding him throughout the world underwater caves like he is intrinsically tied to the water in this world master fearbull begins to grow berries from his you know his hair and he becomes so aware of the nature in the world he becomes so in tune with this and Fitzroy feels that old chaos magic return and merge with his own, and he feels the energy and the lightning call from him. And the boys look outward, their bonds broken from them, the power of a god surging through them as they move forward, and the episode fades as Hal Hell is about to break loose. Oh my god. And that badass Sentiment LLC song uh, plays. It sure does! played in that badass good castle moment it's played a few times and every time it kicks it kicks so hard the centaur camp i think is where we first heard it yep because that's where they were like it was really the, the first thunderman llc pose yes with yeah 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 when the as argo shaped water you know fitzroy held up the hand you know and fearball cock landed on him yes oh no we have this badass music we have this badass moment you know so- This isn't, you know, a, this is a badass setup for the final fight. Mm -hmm. I see this done a lot in D&D stories, and this isn't like a jab. It is just like, I I see it a lot and I love it where it's like the final fight, you get the powers of a god. Yes. Like I see it happen where, because sometimes that's only, the only way that the story can logically make sense sometimes. Yeah, no, there are times where our heroes have made it this far, but they will not defeat the big bad unless they have some help. So and I'm curious it, what this means yeah. mechanically, because like any other D&D podcast where I've seen them do this, usually they're like bumped up to level 20 for the final fight. That's what I was wondering. I but was I like, wonder, I wonder like how they'll do it mechanically up. here. Or if it just means yeah. like, you're still at your level, but just know that this means that this is the only way that you could have ever done damage something, right? Like it's not, it's more, it's less so um, you're way stronger, but more so like you have kryptonite fists and you're fighting Superman. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe just like. We'll obviously the... find out in the finale episode because this the is last it. one. This is it. Oh my god, it's over. It's almost over. It is almost over. I mean, I wanted to take some time at the end of this episode to make predictions on not how the fight will go because I realistically think they're going to win. Of course, I think they'll but win too. But what do you think? A, will there be any character or player deaths? And B, what do you think the boys' epilogues are going to be? Oof. So I personally think none of the boys are going to die, no, but I, don't I think could would. see one of the Wigan staffs die. Yes, I agree. One of the Wigan staffs for sure. I could see maybe Gray dying. I don't see Gray. I see maybe Althea. I don't see Althea dying. Some for some I reason, do. I could see her maybe like you know 
sacrificing herself. But for some reason, it just makes sense to me that she is like there at the end of all of this. I see Gordy sacrificing himself for Rainier. I could potentially see that if Rainier ends up becoming involved in the fight, right? Yes. If she's there in any way, best believe Gordy's going to step in when she's supposed to go down. Exactly. I think it would make sense for maybe Hig to die. Oh, I think it makes more sense for Hieronymus to die and then Higglemus has to reckon with this thing that he has been trying to no, but see, I fight think against I think his whole life. I think it's a bigger better story be if Higglemas after a lifetime of being a coward mm. finally steps up in the final moment and saves everyone and is the one that sacrifices himself yeah oh my little baby Hig I don't think there's I don't like I don't maybe the Zorn but I don't think there's enough I of a story beat so. there no right? I, don't I think, think realistically so. we come out of this pretty clean yes outside of anyone that would die just for a story purpose right do you think once order's gone, chaos is gone too? Probably. I think that's something we've kind of established, but not really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that would be, a, you know, that's a sacrifice to be made. Yeah. What do you think? Because I'm assuming we're going to get some sort of like, obviously we're not going to get anything as like beautiful as like Travis's, as you know, obviously I don't want to spoil anything, but like the balance epilogues were tear inducing. Oh my God. I literally cried both times I listened to Yeah. But like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think... Do we think they get the futures they thought they did? Or do we think that it's going to be even different? Like maybe the Fearbulk doesn't get to go back to his clan even after all that, but he's made his new clan and it's these people. I agree with that. I think the Fearbulk will not be able to return to his clan, but he will find his own clan in much the same way he's and found a clan now. And maybe he finds other Fearbulks that have left and they're able to kind of form this new society of Fearbulks that see life differently and maybe it eventually grows to impact all Fearbulks in a better way. I would love that for him. For... Fitzroy, I see something completely different than the the vision that we had with him earlier with Chaos where he was the Thunder King. I don't think that's in his cards at all anymore. No. It would really be interesting if he was going to be happy like continuing on as the Thunderman LLC, but like doing very small level things. I don't think he would do that. He's he's still Fitzroy. He's still right. Fitzroy. Even without the heirs, he's still this boisterous, big personality with a mm-hmm. lot of power. But I think maybe he takes that power and he does more good with it than he ever thought he would. Do you think he'd run the school? I don't think so. Maybe. But the school is theoretically gone after this, right? Like, that's part of it. That was going to be part of the deal was they would destroy this school. Would he take on building something else maybe i could see that being a good version of the story like maybe his own clyde knights you know building something better for everyone than what he had yeah and you know i think that could be a good story for him i think then argo sails the mariah I think, yeah i think he takes up you the know mariah for i think sure. he becomes a force to be reckoned with on the seas Mm-hmm. But, you know, at the end of the day, he's still a good guy. Like, he's not pillaging. He's not pirating. He's a privateer. You know, he's doing good out in the world. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, these boys are always going to be friends. And I think there's going to be a connection there for the rest of their lives, obviously. They literally fought the apocalypse together. and Saved you know, the world because we both agree that they will save the world. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's our predictions for how this will end. Do we have any predictions for like strange NPCs? Do we? I don't think want to get Argo... too into the weeds on the strange NPCs because we could go all day. 
I do have one that I want a prediction on, and it's probably going to be a everyone forgot about it. Will Bloodhawk, Barb, and Argo go on their date? Maybe. I didn't forget about it. You can't give me a maybe. This is when we're doing predictions. I, I just don't necessarily know if it'll be important enough to bring back up. I agree. But if I they don't do, I want it to be such a commitment that they end up together. Honestly, that's kind of where I am, too. That's what I want. Who knows? I've kind of given up my ship, but who knows? Maybe Rainier and Fitzroy end up together. Maybe they do. I Now that this is going to be over and Fitzroy has changed so much, maybe he'll be open to finally pursuing something romantic with somebody. And it would be fun if it was Rainier. They did get along together very well. They could start their business of making capes, <laughs> little cloaks well, for animals. theoretically, according to a few episodes ago, they did. They started it already? Well, because remember, they were like, yeah, we have to dig into like the money. like the, And they're like, well, we don't make any money from the school. And it's like, yeah, all the money we have is from our, our animal cloak business, our animal skeleton cloak business. <laughs> so then that I forget what episode continues. they said that, but I remember them oh saying God, that. Oh my God, that's so funny so that business will continue thriving you know i think hieronymus and higglemus will go back on the road back to being the heroes they once were and i think they'll usher in a new era of heroes along with the boys because heroism had become so monetized and you know commodified mm-hmm. and i think all together with everyone even including with like the influence of gray being gone and the help that he gave will rebuild the society bigger better and a true new age of heroes will begin mm-hmm. because heroism will no longer be a job it'll be a responsibility that people with true hearts take on i agree with that i wouldn't have said it as eloquently but i absolutely agree with that do you think gray would come back i would like him to be like god so in dragon ball weird uncle (laughs) there's this uh enemy called boo Mm -hmm. and boo is like the impending chaos just like this chaos demon monster thing essentially and like it goes through a lot of versions and phases where essentially it comes back and it's ultra powerful it's not really any way to stop it or kill it and it literally just keeps turning enemies into chocolate and eating them (laughs) and it's scary how powerful it is but eventually they like kind of get it to separate and it becomes like a like it's good and evil self split and then the evil self gets more and more powerful and that's like the whole thing but after everything the boo that remains is like one of the like joke aside characters it's like Mm -hmm. essentially like hulk hogan and he thinks he's like the strongest in the world but there's these like you know super powered people essentially here so he's like a joke compared to them but he essentially like finds the humanity in boo and like they become really good friends even though boo has like a childlike mind but like they end up becoming like live together they're like best friends and like he's basically keeps boo around and like boo just becomes like this kind of like fun side character that's just like around even though like when he came in like literally killed so many people and was like such a problem oh, no. but like he's he can kind of essentially reformed and he's just the good version of himself now yeah. and he still has all that terrifying power but he's not that person anymore and uh he's just around and he like plays with dogs and is a fun time and if you know what if you need him to he can help fight the big bads but He's just, you know, Satan's friend, Boo. <laughs> just Satan. Well, the Boo. character is Satan. His name is Mr. Satan. He's the Hulk Hogan character. That's so funny. Hercule Satan is his full name. I love that. But, you know, I think something like that would be fun. I don't necessarily know they'll go that direction, but I like the idea that he's in hell, maybe, and, like, corresponds with them, and, like, they have tea time every Sunday or something, you know? Yeah, no, that's that's what I want with Grey. I hope he doesn't die, and I hope... I hope they remember dream... to uh, unhawk Leon. 
they better because he's tired of being a hawk. I hope Althea, if she survives, gets to be the person that rebuilds the heroic mentality Ugh. of society. She, you know, yes. especially as someone who was such a victim of it before. She gets to be the police reform the society desperately needs, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, yes. you know, just you can keep going down the list. You know, I hope Fester gets the party all they want. Yeah. And, you know, I, I want nothing but the best for all these characters. And I hope mm-hmm. by the end of it, that's what we get. If anyone dies, I want it to be very minimal and I want it to matter. I don't want it to be something unimportant. But we'll see because next time you're hearing us will be the last episode of Graduation. It'll be the last one. And we'll see what the future holds after that. But until then, that's all we have for you. Mm-hmm. I've been PJ. I've been Lauren. And we'll see you next time when maybe for the last time in a while for Graduation. We will be talking Taz.